0: Powerful at Work Radio, episode 66. Welcome to Powerful at Work Radio, the podcast for business owners like you who value each person and desire to lead powerfully. I'm your host, Rosa Ponsdellino, and it is my goal to help you secure your legacy and make a real impact by establishing a culture where all are empowered to be more creative and efficient without all the burnout and people issues. If you're ready to do things differently, tune in and join the movement. Now let's get after it. Michael Siever is an award-winning executive coach, leadership consultant, keynote speaker, and author. He's on a mission to unlock human potential to help people uncover and live their purpose and to live a more meaningful and authentic life. His unique methodology has revolutionized how leaders can live authentically and how organizations engage employees. He offers no-nonsense strategies to help people find confidence in their life's narrative, commonalities across generations working today, and ways to communicate with emotional intelligence. For more than 25 years, Michael has led teams and has coached global leaders. He's invested thousands of hours in the arena of managing personal and organizational change, guided others to uncover their lives' missions, and taught leaders how to create psychological safety by inviting employee life experiences into the workplace. Michael, welcome to the show. I can't wait to ask you about your cat, Cleopatra, because I read (laughs) it in your bio, and it was very comical the way you presented and weaved it in there.
1: Hi, Rosa. Good day. How are you?
0: <laughs> Good. You made me laugh. I love that.
1: Yeah. There's something about pets. Like you have to, I have to, for some reason, Cleopatra and I just have this weird kindred spirit connection that I can't explain.
0: <laughs> I love how you phrase it though. You said she brought you help to rise from the ashes and yeah. this cat is all of a sudden on this throne somewhere, you know, living <laughs> large, She's just, this amazing cat.
1: That's why I named her after the old Egyptian princess or queen Cleopatra.
0: Uh-huh. It's very fitting. It is very, you do even before she did that for you. She was destined.
1: I, you know what? The funny thing is that. When she was found in North Dakota in the dead of winter, right? Frozen, basically parts of her body were frozen on a friend's doorstep. They somehow gave her the name Mimi and that name just didn't vibe with me. So when I was gifted her as a Christmas gift back in 2011, I stopped for a second. I said, this doesn't feel quite right. Let me watch her for two weeks and see what she does. And so I watched her behavior and kind of tracked her for a little bit. And we had two dogs in the house at the time. And Cleopatra was always on top of something like looking down, like guiding and directing and leading with oh, the dogs. Oh my goodness! So I was like, hmm, there's something about some like ancient Greek or Roman or Egyptian like name I got to come up with because she wants to lead. And for some reason, Cleopatra stuck Rosa. I don't That's know why. That's a
0: perfect one. I always remember watching those old movies and I'm all into it. Plus I took Latin in high school. So there was a lot of talk about Egypt and Rome and all this stuff. So sure. the perfect history. <laughs> Well, let's get into this story because you're talking about paying attention to behavior and everyone's got potential. Everyone's got some sort of value to add to the equation. And when we're paying attention, sometimes we fail to do that for ourselves, but at least when an outsider comes in and goes, you know what? You're a Cleopatra. You may not have (laughs) known that, but (laughs) you kind of are. Talk to me about your journey in coaching.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thank you for asking. That's probably one of the most important things you could have said to remind me of this and that... When I think about the kind of the latter part of 2008, 2009, and the latter part of 2008, I was going through a divorce. I was losing some money. I was losing a house. And I just happened to be starting a master's program at the Thunderbird School of Global Management. Wow. And there was a person there named Pam, who was a career coach. And at the time, each student was given access to a career coach. And Pam was one of those individuals who saw something in me that I couldn't see. And Mm -hmm. so she gave me some assessments and she helped me to understand that my life's work was not meant to be running my family's business back in Michigan, or it wasn't meant to be in hospitality, which I had just spent a number of years working. in. she said that I was meant to work in human resources, leadership development, organizational change management, maybe coaching. And when she said that, I didn't believe it. Mm -hmm. And so thankfully she gave me the opportunity as a second year student to coach first year students. And helping them with resumes, cover letters, interview uh, tactics, LinkedIn was becoming big at the time. And because of Pam's foresight and because I was starting to trust her a little bit, I realized that being a coach was absolutely the right path for me. And it was because I was losing track of time while I was coaching their first year students. So I knew I needed to make a career of it, but I didn't Mm -hmm. know exactly how it was going to play out. And Mm -hmm. so I worked corporate for a couple of years and was really missing the idea of coaching or the idea of being able to impact people at a a different level. And so thankfully in October of 2011, I started Seaver Consulting LLC, which is the coaching practice that I run now. And it is today, it's executive coaching, it's team training, it's organizational change management, it's, you know, public speaking as needed. And there are author, you know, online courses, all of those things. But the thing that has allowed for me to grow my business each year has been those people around me. And you just said it a second ago, Rosa, that have shown me how far I've come, or they've Mm. shown me the way that I've been able to impact other people that I wasn't able to see because I was so in the work. I was so in the weeds. And that's what it takes is we need those individuals and those relationships around us, those coaches and those mentors, those members of our personal board of directors that help us to see just how far we've come.
0: And that's huge because when you think about, you have goals, you're, you're getting things done and you're impacting people's lives and you're probably getting feedback there immediately, but you're not getting the feedback from yourself if you're not seeking it or if you don't have people who are intentional about it. Have you had an experience you talked about? And I don't know if you're open to this. I didn't ask. But are, you, are you open to talking about that divorce? Because you, for Cleopatra, she was frozen, right? And she was still Cleopatra. And for you, you had to overcome some adversity in your life that probably helped you to kind of that discomfort, right? That as coaches, we always try to make people uncomfortable because that's where the change happens. Can yeah, you speak sure. to that a little bit?
1: Of course. Yeah. So I'll give you a couple different examples and I'll tell you from the more recent example, kind of the lessons I've learned. And I think that'll be really good for our listeners. So in 2008, as I was navigating divorce, I was really unsure of what it was that was occurring or happening. Like I couldn't really understand why my ex-wife was leaving me, right? Cause she effectively just left and that is a okay, right? I'm very, very blessed to have had her in my life. And I'm very, very blessed that she showed up for me the way that she did during those moments and during that transition. So it was August of 2008, very challenging time, but I didn't like really absorb the lessons quite as well. So another example is in February of 2011, which was kind of the impetus for me to start my coaching is that I was driving into work one day and I had all of the things that society says is success, right? I had a good paying job. I had the fancy car, the big house, the good girl, all of that stuff, but I was terribly unhappy. Like I felt Mm -hmm. like I was stuck in the rat race. So the only thing that I knew how to do was to start my own business, but that was also kind of a band aid. Now, fast forward to May of 2019, which was probably one of the most difficult and challenging times of my life because I was contemplating suicide. And so this is, I'm trying to to kind of help you see that there's the lessons that we navigate in life. And for all of us listening, it's the same. And so when I think about May of 2019, I had just left a long-term romantic relationship. We had sent her daughter off to college. I was trying some things in my business that were not working. And so when I think about the divorce in 2008 and the 2011 contemplating start of my business or 2019 contemplating suicide, there's a pattern that runs across them all for me anyways, is that I was sitting there trying to find a way to keep plowing ahead and keep taking action and to keep driving towards some future when in reality, what the universe, God, whatever you want to call it was trying to do, it was trying to get me to slow down. It was trying to get me to like take a little bit more time to recognize my life's blessings, to recognize that I didn't have to work really hard in order to be loved or cared for. And so what I did in 2019 that I didn't do in the two two previous kind of hardships was that I actively took time away from work and I actively sought other people's advice, which was something that I really wasn't doing a whole lot of before. And so for anybody who is navigating that transformation or change for yourself, whether it's divorce or you're changing a job, or you're at a point of depression or wonderment or transformation for yourself, the trick is to always find the patterns of things that are transforming in your life. What are the patterns good and bad? And then the trick is, is to talk to other people as much as you can to get their perspective, right? Cause pets and humans, very social species and we mm-hmm. learn from each other right there's something about that's storytelling true. there's something about being heard so i want everybody to make sure that your story is heard
0: that's huge there's so much i can pull from that but i want to sit on the point of rest cuz we've been talking about this before we recorded and for me it was 2018 that was the year that i kind of slowed down because i was used to from high school being in sports having so many irons in the fire that in 2018 I shifted to maybe I don't need to be doing everything to be great. Like maybe I should just do one or two things really well. And I started to realize how much rest and slowing down and actually leaning into painful moments mattered because the depth that you gain from not running from that pain is huge. And I think it took me resting before I could face some of the challenges that would lie ahead and for me to really be willing to connect with my heart and what was happening and really fix the issues, right? Because it takes two to tangle in relationships and nobody wants relationships to end and you want to be healthy, but that's the reality. And we all brought something that made that happen. So I think if you're up for it, let's talk about leaning into that pain and keeping it real. And you know, we coach people that they come in because they need help with one area. And inevitably we end up exploring other areas and we realize that probably there's some painful things we need to work through as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. And so I look at this and I think that Our pain can become our purpose. And I mean that really intently. Mm Somebody described this a couple of different ways. Number one is that when I was in the summer of 2019, I kept a pain journal. So I literally tracked in a journal everything that was causing me, the who, the what, the where, the why, the when, all of that. I tracked that about the pain that I was feeling, the sadness, or even sometimes the anger. And so for a couple of months, I had all of this data about what was causing me pain. Mm. And that's really important because when we think about this, finding the pattern helps us to either release an old mental model, or it helps us to then change possibly the environment in which we spend our time. So let's collect data about what makes us feel pain, and then let's figure out, do we need to adjust the place that we're spending time, or do we need to figure out a way to release an old mental model, something that we were taught as a kid or something Mm -hmm. that we learned from society as years passed and progressed. So what I realized is that all emotional reactivity today is due to a previous unhealed wound, something that caused pain in somebody. So what I started to do for myself was to say, okay, I had this painful event, divorce, transitioning jobs, or wanting to commit suicide. And I said, there was a negative emotion or feeling. What was it? Let me honor it. But then what I did is I thought months ahead and I said, okay, as a result of navigating this and building an emotional resilience, I could now realize that there was a positive aspect to that negative circumstance. And that was key for me to say, okay, there was negative feelings then, but here was a positive outcome as a result of me going through that experience. And then number three and most important is, is that I realized is that in the positive aspect, there was a lesson learned that I could then pass to someone else. Mm. So my pain through understanding the negativity, then the positive outcome, then the lesson that I learned that I could pass to someone else, my pain became a purpose. Mm. And so I healed myself at the same time as trying to heal other people.
0: That's beautiful. I think that the important part here is that you were actually paying attention through the journaling. And I think that's where we because pain is pain, we don't want to think about it and overthink it. And some might be listening to you thinking that's a lot of work and it probably felt like a lot of work, but the reward of going through that and of being free. Can you speak to that?
1: Yeah. I think that's one of the things that people oftentimes forget about is that society says that the freedom is having the good paying job or it's having the safety and security of a retirement account or fill in the blank. And I believe that freedom is actually having 100% control over where you distribute time, mm. right? Money and all of those things, they're, they're nice. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've had access to private jets and all of those things before, but the people around that wealth were terribly unhappy. So I look at those folks in life who are disengaged or they're unhappy or they feel unappreciated and they're not willing to break free from the status quo or the friend groups or the mental models that they've been utilizing for all these years. Well, they can predict that they're going to continue to feel those same bad, negative, painful feelings for months, if not years to come. Mm -hmm. So my encouragement is always to say, give yourself 30, 60, maybe 90 days to process and work through these feelings with a journal, through reflection, spending time in nature, exercise, partnering with a coach or possibly a therapist or counselor as you need. But the trick is, is that instead of waiting years and still building on all of those painful moments, you release the pain in a short burst of time that then opens up an entirely new door where you can live pain free or in a much happier or joy-filled place. So by looking at it through those two lenses, it makes it a little bit easier to understand that going through the short-term turmoil is worth it long-term.
0: And no one can do it for you. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Powerful at Work Radio. If you're ready for more freedom from the day to day so you can properly rest, dream, and be more effective as a business owner, I want to invite you to our upcoming free training where I'm going to share my easy five-part process for making sure your team feels truly seen, heard, and understood. For more details or to register for the training, visit rosaponcedeleon.com there, you'll also find tons of resources for growing as a business owner. So you can go all in on your team while they go all in on bringing your vision to life. I want to talk about identity because we started with a story of a cat, right? With an identity. But when we look at the people with the jets, they identify a certain way. And I think sometimes when we keep ourselves in a certain image of who we are, we hold ourselves hostage to that. And we don't allow ourselves to even dream what it might look like if we were free from that. What if I didn't have all this? Who would I be? And I think when you journal, you're looking on a black and white sheet of paper at stuff that if you had seen it sooner, you probably wouldn't want it, but yet you've been carrying around simply because you didn't take the time to look.
1: Yeah, I so totally agree.
0: Is it the same with identity? Like all of a sudden I see who I really have become and I don't like it. I can change it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody can. And I think that is entirely possible for each of us. And in the coaching that I do, right. I have a process where I ask individuals to collect data about themselves so that they have a basic understanding about where they are today. And Mm -hmm. so that could be collecting, I call it the five tools. They're collecting basically a disc assessment. So what is their communication Mm -hmm. style or preference? Number two is what motivates them. So why they do what they do. Number three is a a core values assessment. So they know kind of the lessons that, that they've learned over time. And number four is a set of questions to help them identify some of the patterns in their life emotionally. And in the fifth is for them to really write down what makes them different, unique, or maybe their strengths or their authority. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes people might have an identity that is their baseline, but if they collect these five pieces of data about themselves they might then be able to see themselves in a slightly different way. They might be able to start to shift their identity. Mm. So I'm always encouraging people to say, okay, let's set a baseline by what do you believe you are right now? Let's collect five data pieces about you that are very diverse and different so that you can take a little bit of time to integrate this new learning about what you actually are, what you're capable of, or the possibilities that exist in front of you. And then with that, what you can do is you can write maybe a personal mission statement, Maybe, you know, now what your top core values are and you can make some changes with regards to how you go about spending time each day. Or maybe now you can write this new kind of biography about yourself to say, this is what makes me different or unique in the marketplace. But then the trick Rosa is application.
0: Yes, right? always. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> how, do we,
1: how do we apply? So this is the thing that for folks like Rosa and I get that, get to serve as coaches. We can then say, okay, we've got this clarity about who this person is how can we go have some learning experiences? How can we take some action or brainstorm ideas around how could I live this core value just a little bit more each day? Or how can I take some actions that are in alignment with my personal mission? And if you do that for two or three months, all of a sudden the identity that you believe you are has changed and shifted mm-hmm. because you recognized your baseline, you collected some new data, you experimented a little bit, and then you took a second to reflect and say, okay, wow, right. I'm actually far more expansive than I thought I was three months ago. And I think there's a lot of power in that.
0: Yes. I think anytime you broaden your identity or really get focused on who you truly are, it's powerful because you've not left it to others to define you. You've really taken the time. And especially if, if we use your five-step model to, to really look within and figure out how am I built? What was I created for and find that inner purpose. And that's where you now get that, not only the power, but the fulfillment you're setting yourself up to really have the happy life that you're describing.
1: It's like like I said, I mean, both you and I have seen very, very wealthy people and we both have seen folks that don't have as much financial wealth, but they have different types of wealth. Mm -hmm. And so in that, the thing that regardless of background, regardless of where you're at on earth, the thing that is finite for every single person is time. Mm
0: -hmm. So having
1: control of that, I believe in the coming years is going to be the most important thing for each of us. Yes. But where we distribute time so that we trigger those feelings of joy, happiness, engagement, and of genuinely loving our life, that is going to come from how connected our actions and activities are to our mission, our core values, or the things that we genuinely love doing and the things that operate in accordance with our strengths. So if we do that, a lot of joy. If yes. we don't, we're still going to be at that place of disengagement or pain or worry or anxiety or nervousness.
0: Yeah. And let's talk about, go back to the suicide part. And we've had guests on the show who talk about it openly. I always want to share that because that's real. It's real in the industry that I come from. And I think sometimes people are afraid to talk about it. And certainly when you're in that space, the last thing you want to do is talk to people. You're trying to just end it. So let's speak to that because I think there's value to finding your purpose and avoiding that place. And if you were in that place right now and you're listening, that's not the answer. There is a purpose and there is a way to get there. And if you get the help, you can get there. Can you speak to how you turned it around for yourself from that moment?
1: Yeah. It was a really challenging scenario from leaving that six-year relationship to you know becoming an empty nester by sending my stepdaughter off to college to, I was trying some things inside my business that weren't working. So I was racking up debt and it just wasn't going well. And so- as May of 2019 approached, I was looking at myself through a lens that I had never looked at myself because I was single for the first time in a long time. My family was away, if you will. So I was alone quite a bit Mm -hmm. inside of a very small apartment. And then I thought that the the direction I was being taken in my business was going to be fruitful and it was going to give me meaning and it didn't. Mm -hmm. And so I had all of these things that used to give me meaning. All of a sudden they were all taken away in the matter of months. So then I started to question my own life's purpose, right? And I had already been coaching for seven, eight years. And so even as I know all of these processes and I know all of these ways to release emotions, I was still confronted at a very deep level of understanding, okay, I used to think my meaning was being in this relationship or being a father to this young woman or to being a successful coach. And then I started to realize that my meaning, my identity to your point, a second ago, Rosa was actually shifting and I Mm. wasn't catching up with it fast enough. And so after I had that moment of lying on the floor in my apartment in May of 2019, that little voice in the back of my head said, you have to stay. Your pain can become your purpose. You can't see it now, but there's something much more prosperous and beneficial out there for you. We just need to teach you these couple of small lessons in order to prepare you for helping others. And when I started to connect those dots and I started to keep my own pain journal, what I started to recognize or understand was, is that the process that I told you earlier about the negativity turning into the positivity, turning into who it was that I could help. So what I learned through that summer was that my worth and my value didn't come after I accomplished a task or a goal my worth and my mm. value and me being deserving simply existed because I exist, right? When I did Perfect. nothing. Perfect. Beautiful. Right. And I had to go through the process of learning that because pre-May of 2019, I thought that my value came from how much money I made.
0: Mm. And
1: and that's it's simply not Most true. Most people do.
0: Most people do. That's not hard to do. And I think there's value to you I'm not wishing this on anyone, but I think people can tell you your value exists just because you exist. But until you come to that realization, even if it takes hitting that low point, that's where the real freedom happens because you believe it. You believe it now.
1: At a, an incredibly deep level. And, you know, there are still times today, with all of the turmoil and tumultuousness that exists in society, there are still parts of me that are kind of wondering and doubting when is it going to end? What's the outcome going to be? And so I still feel nervousness and anxiety about stuff that's happening. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: the, the emotional resilience that I developed as a result of navigating the summer of 2019 has given me an entirely new belief about what's possible. Right, So I feel much safer, much clearer, much more confident about whatever comes our way. I believe that I can handle it or that there's really awesome people around me that we can band together to handle whatever the situation is. So I went from this place in the late 2018 to early 2019 of despair and wonderment and not being able to find my purpose or meaning at a deep level to just a few months later, after pain journaling, after talking to people, after taking time to just be still now, all of a sudden there's a clarity, there's a confidence, there's a resilience, and there's a better belief about what's coming. And I want everybody to understand that, that even if you feel at that point of hitting rock bottom, it's okay. It's not the end. There's a lot more life to be led for sure.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't have closed it better myself. But thank you for that message of resilience is what you're saying, because we all have a purpose. Even when things are tumultuous and chaotic, it's not the end. We always have value to each other, if nothing else. And there's people in life that need us to to bounce back and, and deliver on our purpose. So thank you for everything that you shared. So personal, so insightful. And if we wanted more of your goodness, where can we find you?
1: There's probably like videos of me walking my cat Cleopatra on a leash somewhere on Instagram. (laughs) Those are a must, for sure. For
0: sure. Um,
1: So I do spend a fair amount of time on Instagram and LinkedIn, uh, but you can find me on MichaelSSeaver.com. My middle name is Scott, so MichaelSSeaver.com. We'll be able to link to those social channels, but you'll also be able to see videos and articles and media mentions and all those fun things. And so if you want to move from that place of disengagement to that place of engagement and happiness, I think michaelssever.com can be a great place to find a resource for you.
0: Take action. Get get in there, get some resources. Thank you so much for being so generous and for sharing so much.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you, Rosa.
0: Thanks for listening to Powerful at Work Radio. If you subscribe now, you're going to hear from some truly amazing guests who will help you shift into a new approach to leadership so you can develop a healthy relationship with your team and truly maximize your impact. We'll explore stories from experts who are daring to do work differently, and we want to invite you into the conversation. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. We're excited to help you lead a high-performance team with simple advice that you can start using right now for maximum results.